0: Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Conan, what is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them
1: driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of their women. Groovy.
0: Can you hammer a six-inch spike through a board with your penis? Not right now. A girl's got to have her standards. It gives
1: her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of a ruling class, especially since I rule.
0: You have offended my family, and you have offended the Shaolin Temple.
1: to the Cult of Classics, the podcast that if you should ever need us for anything at all, you that's just have to call. Cool. Today we're going to be talking about Labyrinth, the uh, Jim Henson classic. I am Tarver Peterson and my co-host is... Liam Kelly. Liam Kelly. Uh, this is a movie that is near and dear to my heart and I thought it would be a good one to pick for our last uh, episode of the season. Um, I love puppets. I love David Bowie. I love fantasy. <laughs> I'm Tarver Peterson, and I love puppets. I love puppets. And <laughs> excuse, oh me. Uh-oh. excuse me. uh Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, but anyway, so this is <laughs> this. Is, this and the Dark Crystal are, are, you know, I think the two greatest things that Jim Henson ever worked on, uh, because I, I I love the 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 more. Out there stuff that he did. The Muppets are great. Um, the Muppets are great. The Muppets are great. But for, for me, it, I was always a fantasy head, and these are the the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. And Labyrinth are the two films that really like touched on that 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 st- that spot for me. They, they entered that world. They entered that world.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Muppets are technically like they're they're fantasy creatures. But yeah, but they exist in the real world.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. They're 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 too they're too tied up in real world shit for me. I need that that heavy that heavy fantasy. The heavy heavy. Yeah. All right, anyway, so let's dive right in. Act 1. So the Labyrinth opens up on the first ever photorealistic CGI render of an animal that's ever been put into a picture, that owl. owl. Um it's, it it pales today, but it's obvious to me how much work went into it making it fly.
0: Yeah, there I mean there's that's that's true for a lot of the visual effects in In Labyrinth. this film, yeah. It's but the the owl is really like it's 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 neat to see where that started.
1: Yeah, you're like that's the first time anyone ever did that. Yeah, and
0: it looks. I mean, it looks
1: okay. If you, yeah.
0: obviously, if you were to see it in a movie today, you would be like, "That looks like garbage. That looks like trash." But this movie came out like what, th- damn th- over thirty years ago. Yeah, over like thirty almost thirty five years ago. So yeah,
1: because it's older than me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 neat that it it started out. Okay, though. Like yeah. You said a lot of people like to use that touch point for of Jurassic Park for CGI animals and like photorealism in uh, computer generated effects. But the, the owl's okay.
1: The owl's okay. The it's, owl's okay. it's okay. It's <laughs> okay. It's okay. And the effect is cool. Like the the idea behind it, where like it's like a mirror and it's just blackness. Yeah. And it's just a reflection of the owl as it's flying around. That's a clever idea, and, and it's, it's smart too to keep it in with simple. a black background. Yeah, yeah. it's it's simple. It, yeah, because as soon as you put something like this around real stuff, yeah, you can see where it ha-
0: it almost has that kind of like rotoscoped outline yeah, yeah. and it's very easy to tell like, "Oh, that's fake." But, yes. <laughs> but yes. starting with the black background is really a good a good trick.
1: And um and we open up on a David Bowie song. Yeah. And there are David Bowie songs throughout throughout, especially The Underground, which I think is the best song in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> Down in the underground. Yeah. Don't tell me truth hurts, little girl. Because it hurts like hell. Because like it hurts hell. like hell.
0: Fucking dope-ass song. I'm a f- I'm a fan of uh, It's Only Forever. It's only forever. It's only forever. It's not yeah. long at all. There's some good old Bowie, Bowie-isms in there.
1: It's just dope. And um, So we get we get introduced to our main character, Sarah, played by Jennifer Connelly, um, as she practices lines from her book, Labyrinth. Um, so book slash play, yeah. That they invented. Um,
0: it looks like a playbook.
1: Yeah, it does look like a play. And she's like acting out the. She's in costume,
0: one one man larping. <laughs> yeah, one man larping in
1: the park. And 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 then she has the audacity, the fucking gall <laughs> to shake her head disapprovingly at her dog Merlin, because the dog like goes like, oh, yeah, <laughs> and
0: she's like, oh, Merlin, and dog's like, huh? It's like, hey, it's about to rain. I'm. You see how hairy I am? I'm a
1: sheepdog. You know I'm dope looking to hell. I
0: look awesome, and you need to be very glad that I'm out here with you right now. Because, because ain't nobody else gonna hang out with you. Nobody, as you can see, nerdy ass. no friends out here with you. Yeah. Just me. Merlin.
1: Yeah. Chilling.
0: So how about you take me back home real quick? Yeah, and I'm I'm barking to let you know that it's about to rain. It's about to rain. And you know once it rains and I get wet, I can't come in the house. <laughs> So, you know, your stepmom gonna bitch about me being wet. So, how about we just go on back and you quit? You can read your goddamn play in the house. Yeah. That's how I envision Merlin as a character. I think he's a very authority
1: driven character. I I, I agree. I agree. And later, he's Merlin now, but later he is um, Ambrosia. Ambrosia. Ambrosius. 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 (laughs) Ambrosius. Ambrosius. Yeah. When uh, he's ridden by Sir Didymus.
0: Yes. Which. (laughs) It's
1: such a great. Sure did. To, sure did most. Sure did the most. He sure did. <laughs> he did the most. Anyway, Merlin's warning is not heated, and we get back to meet uh, Sarah's stepmom and her father. Her father is uh, played by a pretty bad actor. I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if he's like a a bad actor, but he's he's certainly not as ghoul, as dope as uh, Shelley Thompson, who yeah. plays her mother, and she's you know she's fantastic. Um, she was the uh, she was um what's his name uh randy's uh mr she was mr Leahy's wife in trailer park boys (laughs) and that's where i know her from and i thought she was a good she did a good job here (laughs) randy Leahy. yeah um (laughs) but they they um they she gets back and we we quickly realized that like the source of sarah's uh consternation is her is her father's relationship with her new stepmother Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty classic fantasy tale, uh, setting yeah. up like the yeah. evil stepmom, and yeah. and, the, and they're even aware of it. Like she's like she always talks about me like or treats me like I'm an evil stepmom from a fairy tale.
0: Yeah, I mean she it's it's classic storytelling. Like she is you you clearly see that like her father divorced her mother or her mother is divorced from her father, and he is starting over with his new wife, and they have just had they recently had a baby, and she is just like. It, it, the the whole st- the story of labyrinth is a it's like a coming of age story and a girl yes. le- learning yeah. personal responsibility and t- to not be so goddamn selfish yes. all the time
1: yeah absolutely yeah. and to believe in herself yeah and um so uh, the best part of this whole interaction because we don't stay in the house very long nope. is just the while Sarah's in her room um shut she, she slams the door in her room in anger and we see camera kind of trucks along and we see all these stuffed animals that will later be the characters that we see in the labyrinth, mm-hmm. kind of really subtly letting you know that this is a fantasy of the young girl's mind Yeah, um, that we're going to be entering into. And uh, that's really cool. And apparently, I didn't know that noticed this, but there is a picture of uh, a woman who is supposed to be Jennifer Connelly's, or Sarah's mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. And David Bowie. Yeah. yeah. So Jareth is actually the guy that, Sarah's mother ran uh, left her father for mm-hmm. and he is an actor yeah and there's but some, that's all you know that's not in the film
0: yeah that's that's lore but I mean it is supported by a picture that she yeah. but it also serves to make help you understand if you notice it why David her, why Jared looks like David Bowie. yeah and like that's a that's, that's a neat feature they really pull like and to, to serve th- this is a theme throughout the movie is that they pull elements from her room to play into the labyrinth like uh, everything everything every everything major, you see yeah it's is from her room so yeah. it's like you can it's very easy to tell like this is a construction of her mind
1: right which is great that's yeah. it's it's really it's it's solid and yeah, it, it smart. answers questions yeah um so uh then Sarah's frustration with her family kind of boils over into her frustration with her little brother. Mm-hmm. and Who is a baby. Who is a baby. His name is Toby. Mm-hmm. And I was really astounded by watching this now uh, in my old years and kind of having a little production experience on my belt. I was like, man, who would let their baby be on set for all these scenes? Because Toby's in a lot of scenes. Yeah. And I was like, her, that baby had to be on set for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And... um, I don't know. It just, I just, I felt like these. My my biggest worry was the lighting because uh, a, I felt like a baby would um would have the lighting would be too much for for a baby. I would be yeah. concerned as the DP of of like yeah, like you know hurting well, I mean, its eyes. There
0: and, are, there are, there are laws for filming like young children. Like right. they they can only be on set for so long, and they have to you know all, always have they have to have care and they have to have a, a parent there. So like you know. Hopefully nothing too damaging would happen. But I mean it's it, it is there are long days on set with a baby. But he's never on screen for very long at a time. Like yeah. there there are not super long shots with Toby.
1: And and I noticed in the scenes that Toby's in, he's never in a scene that is like really heavily lit. Yeah. So like it he was always in scenes where the lights wouldn't have been too bright. Yeah. So that was that was good. Uh, thinking by the DP uh, and the director. Save that baby.
0: Don't you hurt that baby? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I I like that. And um, so anyway, what happens is that Sarah's frustration kind of boils over and she calls upon, she starts to chant the words from her book that call upon the goblins. Hmm. And there's a lot of humor in this scene which helps because it's kind of scary when they cut away to the goblins in the closet or wherever they are oh, in yeah. dark- When they're all huddled together and yeah. looking like, spying. Yeah. And, and like,
0: being like, I'm going to have to do is say it! Yeah, like, <laughs> you're,
1: you're kind of... You're, like, even now, I'm like, this is kind of scary. Like, this could very quickly devolve into a horror movie. Yeah, there's definitely
0: legitimately scary parts of this movie. And, I mean, the idea of the labyrinth is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like, you having to solve this and, or lose your baby brother. Like... But also, Sarah is... You know, when we when we start this, she's just she's just kind of mad at the world. She's an angsty teenager, but she's also mad at a baby. <laughs> so it gives us some cause to be like, you might need to grow the fuck up.
1: Yes, yeah, like, yeah. Like,
0: a, a lot of the beginning of her, like, her character at the beginning of the movie is very immature. And, and a fucking nerd. Yeah, and, like, not somebody you probably would want to hang out with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because she's pretty lame. But, she is lame. She's but, very lame. But yeah, when when you have the like a, a certain elements of this movie, if you were to shoot them just a little bit different or really edit them just a little bit differently, this movie goes from like silly muppets, haha. Oh, it's the goblin king. They're going to take her her brother, how sad, but it would be fine to like <gasps> <gasps> like it yeah, just yeah. becomes terrifying immediately.
1: Like when so after they call uh the goblins and um, after she calls the goblins and they come in the room, like when they're playing around when she's talking to Jareth, I was like, if they attacked her, they could just kill her. Yeah, very easily. And I was like, this is scary. But there's some unspoken rules
0: to to goblindom. Like the goblins can't really touch hurt, her. Touch her or hurt yeah. her. And Jareth can't just snatch the baby. Like yeah. she's got not only has to wish that he would take the baby away, but then he has to give her thirteen hours. Yes. To try and solve the labyrinth. Right. Yeah. So. and,
1: and okay, So apparently there's a, I, I don't know if I mentioned it, there's a novelization of this um, called Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's also a, a whole book about the goblins. Each goblin in the movie has a name and a, a backstory. And yeah, there's like lore. A lore. There's a goblin book. Yeah. Apparently all about this. And, <laughs> and there's also a really great documentary uh, that's free on YouTube now called Inside the Labyrinth where you get to see the making of this movie because it was such a, it was such a, Technological achievement, yeah, when it was made, um hoggle itself his self had like eighteen, twenty different motors in his face,
0: yeah, that like there's were, a person in a costume wearing a mask, and then the mask the mask is, is controlled. controlled
1: by multiple people, Jim Henson, including yeah, it's like pieces crazy. of his mouth, his face, like all different controls, um which it's it's really incredible. And then when the the m c Escher, scene at the end yeah. has a lot of really cool uh, practical visual effects that they do that are it, it really is yeah. amazing. I'm glad that you brought that that extra scene up because there's something
0: that dawned on me last night when I was watching this that I think J.K. Rowling must have really liked The Labyrinth because there's just there's three things that are very telling to me and I'm sure if I watched it some more looking for this that I would be very clear like the connections that she would have drawn upon this for when she was writing Harry Potter like Sarah calls hoggle Hogwarts yeah. when when she first meets him there are the the Escher staircases like the moving staircases they look a lot like the the version of the the moving staircases in the movies
1: mm-hmm. particularly
0: yeah and um the the scene where she figures out the optical illusion when she's first enters the labyrinth and she's just running straight forever yep that is it's like it's you can see exactly where J.K. Rowling might have just seen this movie and then pulled that out and then like okay that's not Platform 9 and 3. Quarters. Yeah yeah you're right. Like this seems I, I can't this is all wild Injector, speculation yeah. on my part but it's it's easy to see though.
1: Yeah. So when Jareth shows up he's played by David Bowie and he presents his prodigious package which may be why a lot of women still love this film.
0: Yeah. He and, uh, is not wearing anything under them tights.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's just letting it swing and letting you know what it is
0: <laughs> yeah. throughout
1: this movie. He's, He's like, first of all, this is what's up. Yeah, don't. So
0: don't be don't don't be scared, yeah. but
1: recognize. Don't disrespect your boy. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you know, and tell Sarah that if she wants her brother back. She only has thirteen hours to get through this labyrinth and make it to the castle. And that is the end of Act One because once Sarah has shown up to the labyrinth, yeah. Now we're in Act Two. Yeah, and um, the first character we meet is Hoggle. Hoggle. Hoggle is Hoggle's friend. <laughs> and that is voiced by Jim H- Jim Henson. Um so Hoggle meets him meets Sarah outside the labyrinth and he gives her a very important lesson where that everything is not what it seems or what appears to be in this place. Yeah. So don't take things think, for granted. Uh Hoggle's voiced I think by Brian Henson. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Brian Henson. Um anyway, son so, of Jim. Yeah. So Sarah uh gets caught in the first trap of the Labyrinth, which is just this seemingly never-ending corridor. Yeah. Um, but she runs into one of my favorite characters <laughs> in the movie, which is a little English worm. He's like, I'm the Cockney worm. He's like, no, go that way. <laughs> it's like, come in, have a cup of tea with if, the missus. If you've had a cup of tea,
0: I would have told you the right way to go, but <laughs> since you ought to be disrespectful, <laughs> I'm going to send you <laughs> on your merry way. Yeah. Boop, boop. Fuck off fuck off bitch. All I asked for was a cup of tea.
1: Yeah, he's got a little swag to him. He kind of preens about with his little scarf. <laughs> he
0: does. He's he's got some style.
1: Yeah, he does. He's he's he carries himself. He's a he's a well-to-do worm.
0: hmm if, if I were to play a character in this movie, I, I would have played the well-to-do worm.
1: I like that. Yeah. Um, but he kind of is like kind of reiterates what Hoggle's already said. He's like, hey, don't take shit for granted here. Just walk through that damn wall, and you realize it's an optical illusion, which is really dope. Yeah, um, where it's a perspective trick, where it looks like it's a solid wall, but actually, uh, the wall is further back, and it's open on both sides.
0: Yeah, yeah. This movie is full of neat little optical, like visual, yes. yeah, tricks like
1: that. Like later, the uh, triple uh, rocks that make up David Bowie's face. Mm-hmm. Um, they they created that. Really? Yeah, yeah. They they thought I I'm, I don't know if they were the the very first ones, but it it I did read that they came up with it. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the, I mean, really looking into the the making of this movie and the making of the of the Dark Crystal, you see like Jim Henson. Like, genius is a strong word. It is a strong
1: word, but I believe it's appropriate. But I think it's appropriate
0: because, yeah, he he, he really created amazing sets. And the yeah. way that he went about making these movies is so original. And so, like, it's... it's, it's
1: Such a Herculean tasks, too. Yeah.
0: And it's just the, the level of creativity that you have to have to have this picture in your head and then to go about executing it in these specific ways, these very, like, non unconventional ways is really something like it's it's jim has a g yeah i i I believe he is a
1: genius because i think a clear sign too is that none of puppetry has not gotten better yeah i would say i would say that not by leaps and bounds and stuff that is apparent to me and the art form has slowly seemed to die more yeah uh and no one has picked up the mantle that jim had and really pushed it yeah um, you know, I know that CGI ha- has grown immensely, and that was a, you know, the factor yeah, in puppetry. For sure. Be- because the time it takes to work with puppets and all that. But no one pushed the art form like Jim Henson. I think that maybe Guillermo de Toro might have something to say to me in terms of like. That's true, but a lot of that is like. I mean, there's there's a lot it's of puppetry and stuff, but it's yeah. it's
0: really like pr- just practical effects and makeup and yeah. and and it's it's slightly different. Like Guillermo del Toro will create a universe and he will execute his vision, but Jim Henson and you know who knows he died in '89, so who knows what how he would have adapted to a world where most visual effects are generated by computers. I mean, he was an early adopter. We see in, yeah. in
1: *Labyrinth*, he might have been fine,
0: he might have been cool, but like. Yeah, it it would have been interesting to see how he developed making original stories with the developing technology, for show.
1: Yep. It's Uh, only forever. (laughs) Uh, So everything in this labyrinth is designed to stop Sarah, technically, but what it really is is to show the strengths that lie within her and kind of help develop her maturity. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's a really nice
1: character arc is what (laughs) what we get is what I'm saying. You start with this spoiled brat. Yeah. And through the labyrinth, it is, you know, this is her trial by fire that develops her into a more mature person. And I (laughs) love,
0: I do love like the, you, you get away with it very easily because it's a kid's movie, but then you have her, you have her say out loud, like, it's not fair. But
1: that's the way it is. You yeah, know, like, yeah, so yeah, Shit yeah. like that. Shit like that. Yeah, when she takes Hoggle's jewels. Yeah. Yeah. So she immediately everything in the labyrinth is working against her. Like she tries to mark her path with her lipstick. Yeah. And little goblins come and, you know, they're very funny. These they, little
0: motherfuckers reminded me of the little the little tiny guys from Willow.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah they reminded me of that too. You're like, yeah. Like, same, you mean same. the little brownies? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah. And uh so they come and they're like,
0: I <laughs> and then they
1: they like flip the stone around. So you know they 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 out there to to mess her stuff up. You know, out here just pulling hijinks. Yeah, and <laughs> Sarah's first real roadblock is the, I, if I believe it's the riddle of the uh, two doors, which is a classic yeah. riddle. You know, it's like one path leads to a certain death, one path leads to escape. You know, one of us always tells the truth, the truth and one, one of, of us, us always, always tells lies. lies. So yeah. the way to solve that is you ask. What door would the other one tell me, and then you just choose the opposite of that. Yeah, and it's it's a cool little, especially when you're young. You're like it's 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 really clever. Yeah, you're
0: like I am the master of all that is man. Yeah, like, you're <laughs> like I am a, a genius. Yeah. Truly, I am unstoppable.
1: Like truly, I'm a I am a sage of of my era. Truly, I am your pop up. Your pop up. <laughs> <laughs> So she solves that, and then she goes down into one of the creepiest the uh, by far the creepiest part of the movie.
0: <laughs> The helping hands. Far and away, the most terrifying part of this movie is the helping hands. To, the, Which to, way
1: do you want to go? Uh,
0: uh, uh! <laughs> like they're so they're so nasty. They're so they're much like these big gnarled hands, latex hands. They made so many of them, and they're all they're so. Textured. Yeah, they are. And they're lit in weird ways too. Yeah, and they all they make little faces that are all different and they're they really expressive. And they're all touching you, like yeah. they're all grabbing you, and you're falling. And they're big so, am- hands. Somewhat endlessly. And then they give you like it's it's all about choices. And like a lot a lot yeah. of labyrinth is about making choices, but then also living with the consequences of your choice. Yeah. Um and but the helping hands, ugh, it's freaked me out since I was a kid, it freaks me out now, and
1: She chose down. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) No. She she chooses. No. She chooses down. No. (laughs) Okay, I'm cool. I'm cool. We're good. And I believe this is where she gets into the oubliette. The oubliette. Yeah. Yeah. Which is based off of the French word oublier, which is to forget. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where Hoggle, you know, is still working for Jareth at this point, and he's saying, like, you know, let's let's leave this nasty old labyrinth. I'll take you out. And they've started to form a little relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as they're, they're moving along, they, they escape the oubliette. Jareth, you know, I, I believe this is where Jareth puts his crotch directly in Hoggle's <laughs> face. It's <laughs> yeah. either this scene or the next time they talk, but like, it's just like his dick is just I comes into right here. frame. I
0: think it's right And here. it is just
1: in profile. It yeah. is a really weird shot. It is. It's, it's like you 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 did this on purpose. Like you, like, you you see the frame. Like you you when you shot this, you're like, hey, like it's just like him putting his crotch directly in his face. Yeah, it didn't Which surprise I guess to anybody. In, maybe to intimidate him.
0: I don't. I.
1: But I don't understand. I think they were just
0: like we we made a hard choice. Yeah. To have David Bowie's whole dick on display, right, for the duration of the movie, we're gonna get. A money shot. We're gonna get our money's worth. Like we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna show it. If this doesn't appeal to kids, maybe the, the wives will like it. Maybe you know, maybe, maybe mom, maybe, maybe dad, maybe like, your it. dad mom, know, like it. Dad might like it. Maybe talk about it. Maybe Uncle Jerry likes it. You know, <laughs> who, who, who? who, who we, would we to say? We're trying to make some would money here. Who we right? judge? You know, sex yep. like sells. I want to see it. Put it on screen. Put it on the screen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe Jim Henson was a fan. Yeah,
0: but this is also where Sarah, we we established the whole jewelry thing with her and Hoggle.
1: Right. Yeah. Well. We're, you know, Hoggle is like a, uh, a a gnome slash dwarf. He calls him a dwarf. I think the lore calls him a gnome. Anyway, he's a he's a creature that loves gold, and he's yeah. got a thing of jewels. So she barter[s] with him by offering him her plastic uh, bracelet. Yeah. If he takes her as far as uh, he can, he can take her towards the castle. Um, this um, friendship quickly dissolves as soon as Hoggle hears Ludo screaming in pain. Yeah. And, and Sarah tries to stop him. Hoggle's real upfront about being a coward. No, though. he does say it from the beginning. He's like, I'm a coward. Yeah, I will leave you.
0: <laughs> I'm not working to help you. Yeah. Like, I am only in it for the bracelet.
1: And Hoggle has the great line Huggle is, Hoggle is Hoggle's friend. Yeah. Um, and, and this kind of speaks to, like, there's a theme of, like, isolation within this labyrinth where all of the characters are shut off from each other. Yeah. So, like, none of them seem to be aware like everyone which I think in in the book it talks about this a little bit it's like Jareth has set up the labyrinth so that everyone inside of it only has their own struggle to deal with and doesn't have any interaction because like Ludo doesn't know Hoggle. You know the worm doesn't know Hoggle. Worm doesn't know Ludo. Like no, none of the characters we've seen know each other. Yeah,
0: at all. Yeah, the only people who actually who seem to have any semblance of a relationship with with each other in this world are the goblins.
1: The goblins and uh, uh Didymus and um, Ambrosius. Ambrosius, yeah,
0: but they yeah, There's uh, a dog. Yeah,
1: and a and a dog, and a dog, and a dog. But okay. they the the.
0: Thing that Hoggle has to struggle through is is just trusting people, like and overcoming his cowardice. His whole, his two things are just like I'm. He's just like I'm not shit. I ain't shit. I ain't never gonna be shit. Nobody like me. I don't need to like anybody. Yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, I'm scared of Jared. I'm gonna do whatever Jared says, and nobody can convince me otherwise. And then Sarah's there to kind of you know help him become a friend, but you know really he's just a fucking. Uh, a, a, a bookend. <laughs> yeah, he is. And,
1: and, you know, Ludo's thing is that he is kind, but he's huge and scary. Yeah. So Sarah rescues Ludo, and we see that Ludo um, can call rocks. Or rocks keep coming. I don't know if they've made the connection yet. <laughs> no. He goes, oh,
0: Ludo. <laughs> yeah.
1: Ludo is my favorite character. Ludo and, is a, a tremendous G. He is a tremendous G, <laughs> and the suit apparently weighed over hundred pounds originally. Yeah, and Jim Henson sent it back and it was like, "You have to make it lighter." Um, and so it weighs around seventy-five pounds, and the the guy that is in the suit operating Ludo, I think it's two people taking turns. So one person's in it for a time. Has actually a monitor. Yeah, that's in there so that he can see what the what the hell is going on? Yeah, there's a monitor, like the camera is coming out of the eye and feeding
0: into a, a monitor that's in the stomach. Yeah. yeah, so that he can see. Yeah, so what the fuck he's doing? <laughs> in a
1: walk. way similar to what they did with the Skeksis, even though that was two people operating the Skeksis. Yeah, in the Dark Crystal. Um, in fact, there's a shout out to the Skeksis uh, in the Goblin City. They're one of the little creatures that rolls across is a crawly that the Skexies was one of their favorite things to eat. <laughs> yeah, so big ups to my brethren. Mm-hmm. So now they got, we've got Hoggle and we've got Ludo, or am sorry, Hoggle's run away. We've got Ludo. So Sarah and Ludo have a tiny little jaunt together before Ludo gets like dumped off into the bog of his eternal stench.
0: Yeah, he just gets gone. Like they just disappear him. <laughs> like, and he's just like, well, so I'll track you in a little while. Yeah. You go through this part by yourself.
1: <laughs> Hoggle and Sarah reconnect around this old man with a bird hat, um, yeah, who, yeah. who who really doesn't say shit.
0: Yeah, it's 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 one of the more unnecessary scenes. It is, and
1: apparently the scene there was a different scene originally, and it was much longer. They were in a bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this this character had a lot more to say.
0: So it's it's strange.
1: The, the labyrinth is strange, just in that it seems to
0: be like it's kind of a true coming of age movie, in that it's for kids but it is m- more adult than you would think it should be you yeah, know yeah like it can't really decide. it is it's it's like a pubescent movie like it's it's it doesn't know where its place is really like it's just it's like it's like the kid who's like six feet tall but is like hey what's going on you know i said so i got some puberty done yeah yeah <laughs> Hot. Oh, you need some? You need some paper towels off the top of the fridge. I got you. Will you pour? Will you cut up my steak for me?
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> so it's not quite there. It's yeah. not fully formed. Yeah. Uh, so, Jareth warns Hoggle. Um, he pulls. He's like, "Hey, if you." Don't do what I say. I'm going to throw you in the bog of eternal stench. And if she kisses you, I'm definitely putting you right in there. So I'm going to make you the prince of the stench. He also gives,
0: uh, yeah, the prince of the bog of eternal stench. <laughs> the prince of stench. <laughs> and Hoggle is terrified of the bog of eternal Which stench. Which is rightly so. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to stink forever. Yeah. My fucker? Yeah, because that is a
1: really horrible fate. He's like, this is for, this is for real. And Jareth gives Hoggle a peach you know, a la Snow White mm-hmm. kind of to give to her to make her, you know, forget about her brother Toby. Yeah. And he but even, you know, Hoggle's like, Oh, I won't harm the little lady. Yeah. Well that's the deal he tries to Jared
0: tries to make a deal with her to forget at the beginning when he first takes Toby, he offers her a crystal. Yes. And he's like, All you gotta do is go back to your room and forget about it. And this is him he now is tricking her because as he Jareth also gets more and more panicked as she gets closer and closer. Right, like yeah. you can tell he is like even even he seems to know like the unwritten rule that eventually she will succeed, like yeah he's he's terrified of it he 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 takes more and more drastic measures, like leading up to a fucking like battle <laughs> basically in the goblin city and then taking her on himself, but like you can always you can always tell like in in her fantasy she is supposed to prevail,
1: well Jareth is. He cannot deal with a fully grown, with like a mature adult or someone that believes in themselves. They yeah. He, like, his whole thing is, that's why people are in isolation and they're not fully formed. Like, they have gaping flaws that he can exploit. Yeah, But someone that's confident and understands that he is the master of illusion. Yeah. But he can't actually harm her. Yeah. um, So... Uh, Sarah does kiss Hoggle, and they do fall to the into the bog of eternal stench, where and they deeply are deeply in love, <laughs> and where they are where they are reconnected with um, Ludo, and we get this. This is a really humorous scene. Back when I was a kid, because like the bog is kind of like little buttholes, kind of farting constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's pretty yeah. gross. They're just farting constantly. Yeah, just like, and they're like, God, it stinks. When you're a kid, it's really funny. Yeah, you're just like, Oh, this is my shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is my fucking shit. That bog is farting. It's just farting on him. And this is where we meet Sir Didymus, whose yes. sense of smell is keen. <laughs>
0: uh, a giant of the heart and a. a, a... A dwarf in reality.
1: A tiny little dog. Yeah, like a little brave. little fox dog. Very brave.
0: Yeah, she has. Didymus is one of her dolls. Is what. Yeah, yeah.
1: Didymus dolls. is a doll. So is Ludo. They're all dolls. Yeah. Um. We all dolls in the library.
0: Yeah, we all. They all dolls. <laughs>
1: and it, Sir Didymus joins them after a little kind of like Little John encounter where, <laughs> yeah. where they kind of you know square off and have a duel. And this is the the Didimus joke, though, this, the joke of this scene is I think probably
0: the one that holds up the most to this day, where she's like, he's like, no, I've sworn an oath. No one may cross without my permission. And she's just like, can we have your permission? He's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah just, it never <laughs> occurred to he's him. He's just blindsided. He's a gobsmacked by somebody actually asking
1: for his permission. And this is where we confirm that Ludo can, in fact, call rocks. He is uh, an earthbender. He is an earthbender and by far the most powerful person outside of Jareth in this world. My God. He, he, is... Is insa- he single-handedly defeats the Goblin City. Yeah. Like, all by himself. All by himself. They, they don't do shit. They don't do anything.
0: Hoggle, I mean, Hoggle takes down the... Didn't this one's the Joust? Yeah, that's true. And Hoggle takes down the uh, the the big uh,
1: robot creature. He does. He does. Yeah. So that they 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 get it in. It's a little Wizard of Oz, really, when you think about it. Yeah, it is like a little mini Wizard of Oz. Yeah, they like each one of them has a little thing that they have to overcome. overcome. Yeah, not. Yeah, it's very similar to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast uh, over. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So now Act Three is when we we actually get to the castle, and this is Act Three. I've kind of skipped over the whole dream sequence. So all right, so I should probably mention this. Yeah, like, it's they, yeah. So the, yeah, yeah, you're right. They they, they do. Um, Huggle does betray Sarah, and this is his his last little bit of of bitchdom yeah. coming out because he's still afraid of Jared. So he betrays Sarah and he gives her the peach. When yeah. she takes the peach, we come to this really cool scene. I can't believe I was going to skip it because it's a a really cool scene where Sarah is like in a ball. In a masquerade ball and all the people in the ball have, have goblin masks yeah. and she's like dancing with Jareth and it's really stylized and there's a lot of cool looking stuff in here. David Bowie is in the scene, like she's dancing with David
0: Bowie. He's singing directly to her. Right. Yeah. Like basically it's saying that like she needs to forget and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. move on. And, and, um, it's, it's her, it's like you, it's, it's the toughest trial that she actually faces is being betrayed and then like having to try and reclaim her, her memories. But the style of this scene is really, really dope. And it gives you a break from like the, the brown green, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark, dark, dark palette of the actual labyrinth that you're, you've been in now for probably an hour. Um, and from the plotting kind of adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like complete fantasy sequence. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's a dope song.
1: It's great actually.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful sequence. Um, and you get to see Jennifer Connelly, um, without her actually. She's outside of the 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 confines of the labyrinth. She's outside of her quest, right? And she it, it gives her a little bit more of an opportunity to do some some acting,
1: I think. And I I think that this scene is probably a little deeper than we've even touched on because one, it starts in a really cool way. It's it's uh, it's the 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 glass ball spinning that's done in this film, which is all done by like a like a professional kind yeah, of like juggler. Choreographer. Yeah. Yeah. And um and then the the glass balls turn into bubbles and Sarah kind of be gets into a bubble and that's where this crazy scene is. It's in inside of a bubble. Mm-hmm. And it feels kind of like this is what Sarah kind of wants or in her mind she has this like Belief that this is maturity, like, this is being a lady, is, like, being in this beautiful gown, dancing mm-hmm. with the very handsome goblin, like, king or prince character in, like, a, an adult setting. Yeah. And so, but this fantasy really gets, she kind of, she she destroys it. Um, she escapes from it when she's, like, when she, you know, she's grounded. She's, like, no, I love my brother. Like, yeah. I know that I wanted to toss him aside so that I could live in this fantasy world, but I love my brother. Yeah. And so she escapes, but not really, because she's tossed into this garbage world. <laughs> yeah. Where this is the scariest character in the film for me, is the female goblin here, the the trash goblin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there seem to be several of these goblins, and this goblin again attempts to make her forget and kind of, she goes into her own room, and she mm-hmm. goes, what about Flopsy? You know, you want your Flopsy, right? Yeah and, yeah, and keeps putting dolls on her, and you can kind of see that she's stacking the dolls on her, and that she's trying to make Sarah like her, because this this goblin has, like, a big mountain of trash on her back, like, yeah. she's carrying a bunch of things, so it kind of feels like that's what she's kind of trying to turn her into one of these creatures. Yeah. One of these trash goblins just carries all their, their belongings with them, and cool. it's just tied to the past.
0: Yeah, all their nostalgia and all that. Like, she immediately goes from having to over overcome her, like, conflated idea of what adulthood is, to, like, she's like, that doesn't work. So she immediately has to go into, like, her childhood nostalgia. So it's like the two things pulling her, she has this fantasy of what her life would be like as an adult and, like, you know, being her own person without being bogged down by Toby, you know, having to babysit one night a week and, right. uh, and then she's immediately like, and this is her dealing with like no longer being the baby, no longer being like kind of like leaving her childhood behind right. and like having to take on more responsibility is like r- being reduced back to this like childhood, all of her childhood memories and her dolls and her toys and all that stuff from her, her childhood room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> she, when she climbs out of here, now they're at the castle. And now we're an actor. Yeah. She climbs out. She breaks through. She's like, no, fuck all this stuff. I want my brother. And she so, hooks back up with them boys. She hooks up back with the boys, and and she forgives Hoggle. Yeah. Um, which is very big of her, and it just it shows a lot of maturity. And, and Hoggle, you know... Well, Hog- <laughs> well, she forgives Hoggle when because Hoggle... Uh, they storm the castle, and they meet... The first uh, enemy they face is this giant... Um like, mechanical soldier. Yeah, it's like a ro robot knight. Yeah, that it looks kind of gimmicky now, and it, it even when I was a kid, it was pretty, you
0: know. I still think it looks kind of neat. I it mean, it does look cool. It's it's supposed if it were if it were more realistic, it would be too scary. too scary. Yeah. yeah, it would be. It would yeah. seem over. Uh, it would seem impossible to overcome.
1: But Hoggle jumps on the back of its head, pulls off its head, and realizes there's just another tiny little goblin in there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, a little. this little goblin has a lot of personality. He kind of looks like a Mongolian <laughs> and he, you know, he's very talkative. He's got a little, he's got a little like wings on his back and, yeah. and he's like, that's not very nice. And you know, he says all this stuff and yeah. But then Hoggle makes quick work of him. And then they get in the city and Jareth freaks out and he, he sends all the goblins of the city to go fight and you know they're getting cornered. They're getting you know they're overrun by yeah. all these goblins. There's a great little scene where Sir Didymus wins a, a joust against a goblin <laughs> yeah. knight, and you know there's a lot of comic humor in this scene. It's the, a really big scene. It is, yeah. It's and it's very well done. It's well yeah. shot and it's well. It's well. Very. This, well this is a real set too. Yeah. Like you can tell that this is a lot of this. Is like there's matte painting in there when it gets super off in the background, but yeah. A lot of this is real. Yeah, the Goblin City is a big set. That's a big set. And my
0: favorite part is when there is a goblin that just has a fucking Gatling gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ludo calls the rocks down upon him. Yeah, and it
1: smashes him. Yeah. And there are goblins that are cannonballs, which I always thought was ridiculous. I was like, why didn't you just have a cannonball? Oh, yeah, but with their little kicking feet sticking out of of their armor. Just like,
0: did I hit anything? I feel like I hit something.
1: Yeah, you know, and the reason is because it's way funnier to have a goblin and a cannonball than just a regular cannonball. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But my favorite of the goblins... that were earlier harassing Ludo and they're back again and they try to stop the rocks and they're like steady men hold your ground and they get bowled over so I like them and you know after this scene which is
0: great oh I'm sorry I have to mention my favorite part of this scene is when Jareth is looking down on what's happening and Ludo has called upon the rocks and you just see all the rocks just like rolling around the city just like taking out goblins here and there he's Jareth just looks so fucking disappointed he's just like god damn it y'all ain't really ain't shit
1: they really aren't I mean he must be when you think about the character Jareth too he must be so incredibly bored yeah I mean he is surrounded by nasty little morons yeah before, like, and goblins are disgusting compared to him. And you're like, how
0: did you become the Goblin King? Are you creating these goblins? Like, why are you alone? There's, I want to know so much more about Jareth. Right.
1: Jareth could have his own movie.
0: Yeah. I would love to see a movie about an adult Jared. Like, uh, like, an adult movie about just Jareth. Not a yeah. porno. <laughs> a movie
1: for adults no. that is okay. just about Jareth. An adult movie about Jareth. <laughs> Liam's just like, I just want to see how that thanks went. <laughs> no. I want to know more about the lore. Unfortunately, David Bowie's passed away. R.I.P. Yeah. R. R.I.P. R.I.P. To a legend. To a legend. Yeah. And um, the story really, it, like it all kind of culminates in this incredible MC Escher inspired search for baby Toby where they, if I mean, I don't want to go try to describe all the techniques they use. Like you really should just watch Inside the Labyrinth because they show you exactly how they pull this off. But it's a really impressive feat. I mean, still visually you're looking and it's it's just a, a a beautifully built set, mm-hmm. a lot of really great practical effects, very small use of chroma key, and they 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 make off this really uh, immersive fantasy scene where David Bowie again this is the second time I believe that he's singing directly to Sarah to Sarah during the film. I mean he sings the uh, dance magic dance scene earlier that we didn't touch on, but is one of the most iconic scenes of the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, And the most popular song out of the movie, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It slaps. Yeah, it slaps. I don't think it's the best song again. I think Underground is the best. Mm -hmm. Down in the Underground, but...
0: I I like Dance Magic, Dance Man. Yeah. Well, anyway... Actually, the best song in the movie is Stay Cool with the Fire Gang.
1: Yeah, we skipped them. Bar none, the best fucking song in the movie. Stay cool with the fire gang. Which is like, I don't know if we mentioned this, like at one point Sarah's separated and she gets... She falls into this uh, place where these crazy creatures yeah. called the Fire Gang that it, can like take off their body parts, and they have like a Caribbean vibe. Right and, after she
0: loses Ludo, before the Bog of Eternal
1: Stench, right, yeah,
0: the Fire Gang. Cause she comes upon the Fire Gang in like this just woodland setting, and this is these are actually some of the worst visual effects in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. The um, chroma like is here is really bad. It's really tough, but like, and and the audio mixing here falls apart too. Like, yes. there are it's really hard, but the song is just catchy as fuck. And the the little the fire gang is funny. They are so funny, but then they are a little scary. They try to rip her head off. Yeah, that's true. But they, I mean, that's just normal
1: for them. They rip yeah. each other's heads off all the time. And they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> they are the uh, embodiment of like, like they are like the lost boys. Or, yeah, you know they're just uh, some adult. They're people that never grew up. Yeah, and they turned into these weird creatures, probably or something like that. Yeah. Right? Hashtag fire gang did nothing wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so they square off though. Finally, she. Sarah corners Jareth. Jareth v. Sarah. And um, that's where she, you know, he, he has his pleas for her subservience. And he's just like, you know, I've changed time for you. You know, I've stopped time. I've rewritten the rules of nature. I did this all for you. All I need is for you to serve me. Mm-hmm. She shuts that shit down with. You have no power on me. Yeah. Um, and well, she?
0: She can't remember that. First, line of she the can't remember it. Yeah. Of the movie, and she can't. And this is a callback to that. But yeah it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's like it's a pretty important thing
1: to remember. Well, it's great too, though. <laughs> this film does a really great job of being like these are the things in the beginning, and it circles all the way back, which is really a lovely uh, bit of storytelling and writing. Yeah. I personally think that that is a really great thing today. To do still. Oh, yeah. Um, they bookend the fuck out of it. Which is great. Like with a hoggle bookending. I love bookending. <laughs> um and so boom, we back to the back to the house again. Back to the house. He's she's done it. She got Toby. She's freed him. And but the movie has a really uplifting ending. And they didn't have to do it this way. This wasn't their original plan of doing it, but they do it where in the mirror, each one of the characters, like between um Hoggle and Sir Didymus. And Ludo, they all kind of are like, hey, you know, should you ever need us for anything at all, just call. And she's like, I do need you. Yeah. Every now and again, for no reason at all, I need you. And then they have a big dance party with like all the characters from the movie. Yeah.
0: Which, I mean, it's just... Except for Jareth. It's another very important lesson, which is that you don't have to give up on everything from your childhood, but like... When you're being a little whiny baby, sometimes you need to need to grow up.
1: You have to grow up. You, you can't to. play in in the fantasy land forever. Yeah, but it, there are times when it's still appropriate, even as an adult. Yeah, you can still call upon the labyrinth friends and, and, and call upon your training and call upon your training and have a dance party. In your
0: yeah, room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really it's a it's a lovely little ending for the movie. It's when it's especially in the 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 Henson universe. Like whereas Dark Crystal ends with everything being fine. But, like, you know, it's just, like, the conclusion to an epic tale. Like, this movie is much more specifically about growing up. Yeah. And, like, it's really, it, it's a really good decision. And it's nice that they chose to have it end in a way that's, that's uplifting and, and very happy. Yeah. The whole time, it's just, like, I need to take responsibility for myself. Okay, I'm realizing that I've been not the best. You know, I might have been a piece of shit here and there. I'm sorry. I'm annoying. God damn it. I'm not. I'm not looking great here. Look, I'm not looking great here in the labyrinth. <laughs> and then at the end, it's like, no, it's fine. You can still like, you can have fun and be a kid every
1: now and then. You don't have to totally give up on all right. of your all of your. But wonder. but you. But growing up isn't so bad. Yeah. Um, which is a great lesson, and I love this film. It has whimsy. It has great characters, uh, lessons, puppets, magic, and adventure. It's for kids, but adults can appreciate it too. I'm definitely still in the cold. Oh yeah, I'm for sure. In,
0: I'm for sure still in the cold. <laughs> On all things Henson, like I fuck with the Muppets, I fuck with Dark Crystal, I fuck with this, I fuck with uh, the the series that I can't remember the name of right now, the Storyteller series. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's really good. That
0: shit is hard. Like I am, I am in this cult.
1: Yeah, I think Jim Henson was a a genius and kind of one of a kind, and he really made some really beautiful um, works of art. So. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. That is the Labyrinth, and that is the final episode of the Cult of Classics for this season. Yeah. Um, We will be back. I I can't promise you when, uh, because I have a lot of different uh, podcast ideas that I would like to try, and we're going to try to do a lot of different uh, Sonic experiences and some cool new things uh, coming up in the next couple of months here. For sure. Uh, but we appreciate all of you for listening, and uh, hopefully, you know, we've learned a lot about these films that we loved as we've done it. Hopefully, you've learned uh, some about these films too, and maybe gained some appreciation for a movie that you hadn't had before. Um, yeah, or hopefully, you know,
0: gone out and maybe seen something that you hadn't seen before, and and hadn't had your own experience with it. Um, but we will be back. <laughs> It'll just be a little while while we get the show produced and get it up to the standard that we want it to, to be for ad for y'all and then we'll be back.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: And subscribe to our motherfucking Patreon.